Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truths for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. And please also consider making a small donation on my Patreon page so that I can continue to bring you amazing content so that we can all create a better future. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on to the show. Okay, everyone, I am here with Naomi Aldord for part two of our interview. We're going to get into some interesting things. We're going to talk about our kids and the impact on the current system and, and measures on present and future impact of children and a few more things. So again, thank you, Naomi, for joining me today. Parenting coach extraordinaire, parenting guide extraordinaire. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, my pleasure. So, (laughs) pardon? I'm excited to continue our conversation. Me too, me too. So let's talk about our children and the measures that are being taken right now. They're masked, they're being sanitized, they're not allowed to play as freely as they used to be able to play. There's a lot of fear messages going on. So what does that, what does that mean for the current state of our children and what does that mean for their future development if life were continue on in this way? This is such an important question that most people are not asking. Um, let me start with my personal solution and then, then I'll go deeper. So personally my kids are grown now but if I had children at home and the school was insisting on all this sanitizing and distancing and 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 masks, I would homeschool. I understand not everybody can do that, but I'm saying it as an introduction to understand how strongly I see that. It's like, for me, no way. I'm not having my kids with masks for hours a day. By the way, I have done some studies on that. Uh, Scientifically, it's extremely unhealthy Mm -hmm. for the mask wearer. So they're actually breathing back some of their exhale. They're not getting the enough, uh, the amount of oxygen. Uh, and it's like 20% to 25%, 17% different particles of what they're not getting. Um, and it's not effective. I mean, as long as you're succeeding to breathe and to exhale, that means that it's coming out. So instead of going in the front, it's going from top and sides. And there are lots of Uh, YouTube videos that uh, demonstrate that, that the velocity of it, it comes out just as strong um, and and some of it even in the front, depending on which mask and that all the different masks, they're all not very healthy. So wearing them for days, day after day for many hours, I wouldn't want my children to go through that and through what I will answer your question, the emotional aspect of it. 
at the same time, I'm very clear that many parents cannot homeschool and that for many children being careful is necessary. They may have pre-existing condition. And, and I would say that that happens, there is a little bit class issue here. The, the more people are poor, um, the more there is pre-existing condition. Children are not eating very healthy food in the first place. Uh, pregnancies were not that healthy. So children are going to school, they already have asthma or they already have this or that. Uh, and the parents are freaking out and they, they're really wanting the other kids to put the masks on because they want to protect them. And I totally get that. I totally understand that when we believe that uh, story and when we know our own child uh, is a candidate for maybe getting the sickness more seriously or we don't, don't want them to bring it home and grandma is living at home and she's 87 uh, or whatever the situation is. So I want everybody to feel really uh, included and not to think that I forget that not all of us can do what I'm suggesting. Obviously, we have to deal with our own situations. And I would hope that schools and the community would address these issues and provide for those kids. Maybe they shouldn't be in the same room with the rest of the class. Maybe they should learn from home, but few of them in one home so that it could be a teacher with them so the parents can go to work. I'm just throwing ideas to say I care. And I know that not everybody can avoid the situation. Right, and there are a lot of, I know in my own community, there's a lot of different, this is when the community comes together and there yes. are other options that are being created out of the need because not everybody can do it, right? Exactly, mm -hmm. so, exactly. So I just really wanted to be sure that everybody feels included and that whatever I say, nobody should feel guilty or left out, well, but I can't do that. This is just good for those from higher economic or race or whatever. I, I, I do want to include everybody. I do know that some parents and some children are in situations where they do need the extra protection and, and are really worried about this. I still wanna talk about what it does to children and the emotional harm uh, and the attitude that develops and weakens them in general. Uh, so even if you have to send your child to school and you find a way to do it and the school is doing the masks and everything, um, it's important to empower them to not see, to not build a worldview out of that. And that's not easy to do when the whole world is in such fear. So the child, especially the younger they are, the more it's a problem because they, you know, even six months is a huge amount of their life. And, the, you know, for four years old, five years old, they don't even remember before that. It's all of life. And it becomes the frame of reference from which they see life. So now the world is scary. It's unsafe. Uh, other people are not safe. Um, we need to, um, like my own body is dangerous for others. Right. Uh, I've been hiking with some friends and every time, you know, hiking in the wilderness, you don't see very many people and we keep distance, we do all of that. And then when people come on the other side, the trail is narrow. 
I often joke in order to lighten up about it because everybody says, take your masks out, put your mask. And if I often walk in the front and then I would say to my group, to the rest of us, dangerous species are coming, put your masks <laughs> on. <laughs> so, um, so seeing oneself uh, as, as dangerous as, you know, I could cause grandma sickness and she could die before of me. I'm really concerned about even telling children something like that because grandma could get sick regardless and grandma could die regardless. And now we just planted guilt. Right. So yes. the child may be like, oh my God, could it be because of me? Um, so again, I, I know every family has to find their solution. My solution is homeschooling, networking, homeschooling, um, you know, but I know sometimes it's like no matter what, that's not possible and the school needs to be created as well. But I'm really worried about the children develop anxiety, becoming germophobics, uh, and developing an attitude of fear, fear of intimacy, fear of closeness, fear of the world, because the whole attitude is to not trust your own body. He, you know, you feel totally great, but you could be a dangerous species carrying some virus that could kill someone else. Mm -hmm. That's a very unhealthy message. Uh, it also, there, I'm really concerned about the message of running away, seeing the world as dangerous, because viruses and bacteria and germs are actually working for us, not against us. And we get sick exactly because our body, it's the terrain that isn't healthy. It's the body, and that's why people have pre-existing condition, which means they weren't eating well, or they have life conditions, not of their choice, that uh, isn't very healthy. Um, they're having lots of stress, they're not breathing good air or not drinking uh, good water. Um, and those people, that means their bodies have more toxins. And I love the analogy of the garbage pile and the mice uh, that's used on some article that explain why the germ theory is missing the point. Uh, not that there aren't germs and not that they're not contagious, but to whom they'll be contagious, to whom the virus would come, is where there is toxins that need to clean up. Right, yes. And, and the garbage can and the mice is like you can keep killing the mice, but as long as the garbage is there, then the mice are going to come and they're going right. to come. Right, oh, I haven't heard that analogy. Good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I can, I can uh, show you there is an article that explains how we are running the wrong direction with the germ theory. Right. And Louis Pasteur himself, by the way, on his deathbed said that the other doctor was right. Exactly. It's the brain, not, not the, the virus. We need to realize that we need to dance with the planet, not against the planet. That is true for agriculture, for everything. Uh, you know, the way we escape from the climate by making our homes the certain temperature, the body needs to go through different temperatures. The body needs to be cold. In the old days, you see pictures of children standing barefoot in the snow and they don't look like they're cold. They have short sleeves. The Western Price has a picture of a bunch of girls. Yes. In Switzerland. Just Switzerland, yeah. 
and you know standing posing for the picture kind of and they're not even they're not even doing this they're just with like, green slime on their teeth and no cavities in their mouths right, right. yes <laughs> and and you know and today and being in the cold and in the hot and letting the body cool itself and letting the body warm itself uh after being cold is the same as the immune system it it needs the stress the healthy stress of nature human beings went through a lot of stress every day whether hunting going cold and hot climbing going through some fear because an animal shows up or whatever it is and we're not going through that we've removed ourselves we can't even walk the earth anymore with the feet that nature gave us we need to put like my son my children grew up barefoot and my firstborn was really into it and said why is everybody handicapped and can't walk the earth <laughs> they need to have you know like they have some system to keep their feet and we can't see well um i read the people who visit uh, some tribal people and they say here i'm hunting this tiger over there and our modern people even with good vision cannot see it oh interesting but it seems like those tribal people not only they know they know the weather in advance of its coming without any machines but they hunt and they shoot far away to something and they say there there is something between the leaves on top of that tree and our visitor from western society doesn't even see the tree or the branch it's too far interesting develop develop their senses are probably more heightened they it just we don't need it so we don't develop it i guess not only we don't develop look at the percentage of people and children wearing glasses today yeah you right. know losing we don't hear as well we don't see as well our sense of taste is almost gone our sense of not taste smell excuse me our sense of smell is really not not there at all there is a uh, you know so what's for me missing is instead of the the running away and the fear and the separation is exactly the opposite of what we want to do to raise children who are resilient physically who are engaged with nature who can run in the rain and they don't get sick from it who can run in the heat and sweat and and then jump into cold water and and be rejuvenated and wonderful not just children adults too i mm -hmm. swim in the cold uh northwest ocean for that purpose to build my immune system and i also don't eat any food that has an ingredient list on it you know people say what should i look for in the ingredient list i love what dr uh thomas cohen said if it has an ingredient list don't buy it <laughs> and i know again you know some people say we can't afford all this organic expensive food the truth is that there's a lot online about it that calculates that when you eat healthy food not only you save on your medical bills because you're healthy but actually there is a way to buy organic local uh good uh, food without spending more money because a lot of the times when we are less able financially we end up buying a lot of food in boxes that actually the box costs more to make than the cornflakes in there mm. which is quite toxic and full of sugar and grains and stuff that's not good for us and that eating vegetables and even meats and cheese and whatever whatever the diet of a person is and buying the 
the bulk food rather than what somebody made of it in a box right ends up actually less expensive right not to talk about how much your child is and all of you are healthier and less susceptible because no garbage no mice it's true in agriculture too organic farmers just have healthy dirt no pesticides right. no chemicals the plants are strong and they are immune against the bugs for the right. most and, part right and they've exercised their own immune system right that's why wild plants are so much more nutritious than a domesticated plant because it has to protect itself exactly exactly yeah. and the bugs eat them some we have to live with that they right we eat the outside leaves of yes. the rotting already anyway we have to live with nature we have to like my father used to say he had uh he lived in uh, nevada when he was alive and he had uh, fruit orchards that he planted and that grew a lot of plums and all kind of fruit and i said do you cover it for the birds he said no the birds deserve food too <laughs> you know they get their part i you know if i'm fast enough i get my part right and, and it's the same with the bugs on the plants let them have their part but the organic farmer find that not much i have an organic uh garden and i don't see bugs on it right and i don't do anything magical i just don't put bad stuff so i think all the money that's being put into telling people to do masks and to run away i'm really worried about the children because i wish our government put the money into education for everybody especially for those who are not living as healthfully and have children with some medical issues we need education about how to be healthier how to get healthier how to deal with different medical issues in the healthiest natural way and cure some of those or bring them to most functional and healthy state and the education is totally missing nobody is telling anyone hey you can strengthen your immune system if anything the the big pharma is telling doctors to deny that any vitamins or any supplements yeah. are good for you because they're afraid that that will take away from their profits yeah or something like that yeah well, doctors are being threatened with you know removal of their credentials and there's there's one that he's both a i don't know what level of government he's at he's also a doctor and a senator or something and he's uh he's had his i don't know they're 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 threatening him basically for recommending vitamins minerals good yes. healthy habits and that is happening there are lots and lots of uh, medical doctors that are saying uh, you know i'm just summarizing what they say i'm not a doctor i can't speak medically uh but i just think we need a lot more education from those doctors that are being censored uh for money as if like oh no those are denials uh they denied how dangerous it is but really living with a world that is dangerous you know when i teach parenting in general i always say don't teach your child to run away from the storm teach them to dance in the rain right and okay. the thing that nobody is getting is that the germs are for us not against us they're here to clean our mess to clean our body to get and that's another thing that uh, the western medicine creates fear because its all direction is causing many death i'm afraid 
uh, and a lot of in the hospitals, you interview nurses and doctors, they're starting to admit that. And that is because the symptom, the fever, the coughing, the mucus, those are the methods of healing the body. It's cleaning the body. Yes. So by killing it, we are actually stopping the healing process. Exactly. We're, 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 we're reducing the fever. We're getting rid of the mucus. Well, that's how the body is removing what it needs to remove, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, and this is true in everything. You know, I, I have clients with a child has eczema and the parents try to put all these creams to stop the eczema. And I tell them, no, the eczema is great. Something, you know, is coming out. It's cleaning up something, but you need to change the diet. You yes. need to clean the inside. And then the eczema goes away. And I have a lot of clients who follow my instructions. And again, disclaimer, I'm absolutely not a medical professional. I just have a lot of experience. I've read about 50 medical books uh, on all sides. Uh, and so sometimes I suggest to parents, I don't tell them what to do because that would not be my my profession i'm not allowed to do that and i shouldn't but i tell them you know to maybe read this book or that book and consider you know some other diet changes and learn uh, or go to a practitioner that does um alternative ways or or natural ways and find ways to heal um but we need to dance in the rain we need to understand that there is nothing in nature that is an enemy the whole modern agriculture is, is doing exactly the opposite, treating all these bugs as enemies, is depleting the earth to the point that now they predict in few years, nothing will grow. I think the, the stat is, is now dead. that we're at at about 55 years left of farmable soil. Yeah, something like that. And uh, a good movie that's, that Netflix has is Kiss the Ground. I highly recommend that we yes. get to see that and learn and understand so that go ahead and spend the money on buying um, organic and save your Coca-Cola and your McDonald's and anything that comes in the box or in a container with a list of ingredients. And you'll see that you'll actually spend less and be healthier because it, mm -hmm. it's, it's the healthier you are, there's no garbage, there's no mice. It's that simple. Right. Um, so, uh, but back to our children, you know, I want children to grow up loving the planet and seeing the planet as being for them, not doing harm to them, not being scary, but something to nurture, to take care of. You take care of the planet, it takes care of you. Yes. Not war against nature, but how to embrace life. How, you know, we need to teach healthy lifestyle and the school isn't doing that. Whether it has to do with the fact that we have too much comfort, uh, you know, mothers running after their children with a coat and a hat saying it's cold, it's cold. When children by nature, before we indoctrinate them to feel easily cold or too hot, they don't have that problem. They run out without a coat because they're not cold, not because they're stupid. <laughs> and, then, and then the mother runs after them and say, you must take the coat. And I tell them, you know, if you go somewhere, says, well, later he'll be cold and he'll admit it. So fine, have the coat with you. Right. Put it in the car, put it in the stroller, carry it in your backpack, whatever you're doing. And then if later they're cold, and they want a coat, then mommy's responsible. She take, took it with. 
I always say you go anywhere out there, have a towel, have extra set of clothes, have a coat, you know, (laughs) yeah, have some food, healthy food. So yeah, of course we can do that because as the adult, we may predict that it'll be colder than the child is experiencing in the moment of leaving the house. Uh, And after being a while outside, that could be the other way around because children are physically active and they often don't get cold. Right. So don't be disappointed if the coat never leaves the backpack. Right. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so children need that and they need to feel part of nature, not afraid of it, not afraid of each other, because it'll become their frame of reference. And that's a big concern for me. And what do you see happening if it becomes a frame of reference? And if this continues and as they mature what is that going to do for their resilience like i really want to help people encourage people to do things to help create healthy well-adjusted robust individuals yes and i don't see that happening on our so first of all i'm not a future teller (laughs) okay fair enough fair enough (laughs) some children will come out of it just fine a lot has to do with the attitude at home you know, if parents keep telling them, look, this is what we're doing now. Like when you go to a ballet class, you follow the instructions and you do all these weird movements and that's beautiful and fine. But then when you're at home, do whatever you want, move however you want. Um, so, so we're going through this now. I would help a child um, explore together whether all this fear is even necessary, which I don't think it is. So that makes it worse. But even if you believe that it's necessary to empower the child and say, look, it's a temporary thing. That's not who we are. Make sure to keep uh, physical contact at home. So, so the answer to the question is I could see some kids coming out of it. Depends also on the age and the family and how many people in the family, how much contact there is within the family or the extended family. Um, and, and children can come out all right. Uh, but I can also see, especially with the very young, that people can grow up and become germophobes, anxiety disorder, depression because of feeling disconnected and afraid to be connected, sexual problems, you know, mm. I'm, I'm just making it up. I don't know. But well, if they don't know how to interact with people, that yeah. can be awkward. And yeah, and, and fear associated. Gee, if I get close to you, if I kiss you, what germs right. do you have in your mouth, you know, right. or, or in your genitals or whatever. People may just become habitual. Depends how long we, it's already too long. That's the thing. If it was a one month kind of thing and then it's over, I wouldn't worry about it. Even with the half a year, if we now got out of it, um, I think we can recover and children as much as they forgot being free physically and, and think that this is reality, they will also forget this. Right. So again, on the optimistic side, if we're done with it within a few months and if we really are done with it and going back to being close, etc., then maybe there won't be any residue. I like to be optimistic. But if we go like this for a long time and children who are young start developing or have already a tendency to anxiety or germophobia, 
uh, keeping everything perfect. OCD is another danger. Yes. Uh, obsession compulsive disorders, you know, how much you wash your hands. You know, even before they started, every now and then I have a parent calling me with fear of germs and a child whose hands are peeling already from washing too much because we're anyway too hygienic. So the whole sterility is part of the fear of nature because there is a book called Eat Dirt. Yeah, I have that book on my shelf. Love it. Mm -hmm. Lovely. And and Mm. I don't wash my vegetables. I eat lots of vegetables. I make juices. And hey, the mud is a good part of it. (laughs) Now I wash a little more just because of the people touching it. And, you know, on the one hand, I really don't mind getting it. But I'm in my 70s. So, you know, maybe I have to be a little careful because I got vaccines. And that's another whole subject. But there is a whole book, a few of them, that explains how vaccines are the cause of autoimmune diseases, including multiple sclerosis. But I don't want to go in there. I actually am not for or anti-vaccines. I'm for creating immunity. But the way to do it is the way Dr. Zach Bush talks about. So Mm -hmm. there's a third way to create a body that's resists sickness or that uses the germ for its own cleaning up in a healthy way and survives it right i hope to get him on the show one day yeah yeah get him on the show and get dr thomas cowan Cowan. i've already emailed him three times he hasn't responded yet i'm trying i'm trying (laughs) yeah yeah maybe i'll email them too and recommend you oh thank you that'd be yeah i'll do that because maybe they'll respond to me oh great Okay, so let's, so, okay, so I think the key points here, children are resilient. It doesn't mean it's going to affect them for life. I think it also depends what you, what the point you made is, what are they getting at home? Are they getting, are they being advocated for, for their strength and their, the the way the world really is and to be in touch with nature and this is just temporary or have the parents bought into the fear that's being shown everywhere? Exactly. And the home has a huge impact. And it may have a bigger impact. You know, I have some piano students. Um, that's a, like something I used to do before I became a parenting teacher and I still teach some piano. And the kids that are come to my piano lessons coincidentally have parents who are not afraid. And right. so their attitude, and, and they do go to school with a mask, but their attitude, I don't see it doing damage to them because they go to school like, okay, I love going to school. They choose actually, both of them could homeschool the two kids I'm thinking of. And they go to school and they say, ah, oh, that's what we have to go- do in school. Uh, and I want to go to school. So I have the option of homeschooling, but I want to go to school. So that's what I have to do. But they come to the lesson without a mask and we, we both agree that it's not necessary. We don't, we don't play into it. We're not caught by the fear-mongering media. It's very, the, the propaganda is very scary because it speaks in a language of like, of course, we all agree, right? So something happens and the media, we said, so-and-so is denial, the, denies the, the danger of this deadly epidemic. This is a typical right. sentence. We say Very dramatic. It's dramatic, and it takes for granted that we all agree on that. 
So it's right. a little bit, you know, gaslighting. Like since we agree, this person is denying uh, the truth and there is no, nothing written. Well, is it deadly? The CDC exactly. has published numbers that show it's not any different than the flu in terms of numbers and that the bigger numbers of death this year, last year was especially low numbers. I think Zach Bush is talking about yeah, that. He did. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just the ups and down and that there are a lot more older people and that they're dying mostly from other diseases while maybe have, having uh, the virus, but the, that clearly dying from the virus is not any different than the flu. And for young people, it's like 0 0.00000. Less, it's less than a regular Yeah, it's like, it's like, no, nobody's dying. Right. Uh, so it's very possible. I can't know anything for sure. So I'm not a medical professional. I really want to be clear on that. Uh, but it doesn't look uh, to me like something to fear. And for those people who need to take care of themselves and who are at risk and want like and want to stay alive, you know, if I was in my 80s, even in my 70s, I'd rather die so that the kids can be free. Right. You know, I, I would not not see my grandchild if she went to school without a mask. I would see her. And if I get it, I probably recover. But if I die, it was worthwhile. Exactly. Because... Like you're at the end of your, your life. Not that saying you're at the end of your life, but you're in your golden years. You have your family. What are the, the life is risky. And I, I, I mean, it'll kill you quicker if you don't see your family, I think. Exactly. Right. Yeah, protect you. But, you know, I love what Byron Katie, the author of Loving What Is, once said about a question about death and, and her health. Uh, she had something and she says, well, I have to die from something. Right. So whatever right. comes my way. And I'm not trivializing death. I know lots of people, no matter how old they are, they're full of life. They want to keep living. That's fine. I respect that. You want to keep living, do what you need to isolate yourself or to keep yourself healthy. Mostly eat well, be well, take care of your body. And if you need to isolate, isolate. Yes. And, uh, and the people who take care of you either make sure if they're young, maybe they should get it and be done with it or that they cover themselves uh, appropriately. And the mask by itself is not really going to do that. No. Um, so whatever, I'm not saying people shouldn't be responsible for themselves, take care of themselves with what they want. And if they want to stay alive, even though they're very old, uh, you know, it may just be another year. They, you know, the, in another statistic, I read that a lot of the deaths are people that would have died next year. So it's accelerated. Uh, yes. The numbers are a lot of the people that would have died next year of elderly people so um yeah we definitely want health but we don't want fear right fair but enough. i don't remember now what i'm answering right so. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good things it's about what the kids are developed into but i think there are some good points made out of there right and it depends what they get at home and that's a huge thing and that's why i love talking to you because you're such a strong advocate for the children and for the healthy development and and i'm not seeing enough of that out yes public because in a way we're asking the children to sacrifice the quality of their life and emotional well-being so that more elderly can stay alive and that i'm sorry makes no sense to me and i'm old it just makes no sense to me 
Um, not only that, but I want to say one more thing medically about that. Um, again, not as a medical professional, but a human being. I grew up before vaccines in a different country and was exactly the same situation as now. Children don't get it or don't get it hard. That was true about measles and whooping cough and rubella and all those childhood diseases. So what did our parents do? One child in class got whooping cough. The whole classroom is visiting them. Yeah. <laughs> and the mothers are sticking their faces to each other, making sure everybody gets it when they're children yeah. so that they don't grow up into adults and then they get it. Yes. And then it's dangerous or more severe and could cause, you know, so that's what we did. We went for the measles. We went, we had everything. Right. My children, I did not vaccinate because those diseases are good for you to have. There is even studies that shows that people who had the diseases, not the vaccines, are actually healthier people and are more protected from other diseases, including cancer. Exactly. And I don't, I don't know, I don't have the full study, but it's worth checking. Uh, and it makes sense because it practices the immune system. The vaccine does not do the same and it doesn't last. And mothers who, for example, got vaccines, but not the diseases, the infant when they're born are not immunized. But if you had the diseases, your infant is born with your immunity. Mm. So they can't get something that can kill an infant, a newborn, like whooping cough or measles. Right. Right. Those things for a newborn, yes, they are dangerous. Yeah. But nature designed it such that the newborn will not get it. So back to the children. The children, if they get diseases, they get it lightly. Yes. They grow up and become adults and get it, they get it more severe. So what are we doing now? The children, we're sacrificing them on that ground too. We're saying, well, don't get it now so that the elderly and the compromised people won't get sick. Even though now, if the disease sticks around, you may get it later and maybe it'll kill you, but we don't want you to get it now. That's very selfish for all of us Great. older people. I mean, it's much better and it's better for all of society if kids actually were freely with each other now, in my opinion, again, not medical opinion, I always have to disclaim carefully, <laughs> but what I learned from some censored, very scientific, non-for-profit knowledge is the children will not get it at all or they get it so light that now it's not dangerous to them, right. but they would bring immunity. There'll be so many more people immune as a result of it. Yeah. By the way, my middle son has a five years old daughter and he got his, his uh, he had COVID. He wanted to get it because he wanted to be done with it, to know that his body can handle it and had it just fine, did the test, was positive, lost his taste buds, went through this hiking mountains while, you know, yeah. being totally fine with it. But the first day, the most contagious day before he did the test, his daughter, his, um, the mother of his daughter, they're not married, they're divorced. So he called her and he said, I have these symptoms and she wasn't worried. So he came, he spent his whole day on the most contagious day. The next day he did the test and yes, it yeah. was 
a coronavirus, he spent with his daughter. She didn't get it. Her mother didn't get it. Her mother's boyfriend and father didn't get it. No one got it. Right. So you wonder in the scare tactic about, you know, the child doesn't get the symptoms, but he'll give it to other people. I'm really wondering. There's no proof of that. There's no proof of the children passing it around. Not only that, but there was a publicity about the FDA, or I don't remember which uh, organization it was, claimed that they did a test, I think in England, you probably know about it, and it was 100%, nobody delivered the germ to an, the, the virus to another when they didn't have symptoms. Right, yes. It was yes. in the news, within few hours, it would take it off, and an article was written, no, 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 no. Don't believe that. <laughs> no, no. Oh, God forbid you'll stop being afraid. Yeah. Oh, no. You know, it'll ruin our show. So I want to be amazing. And when I make fun like this, again, a disclaimer, I could be wrong. Maybe, you know, I don't want people to, to listen to me and think they shouldn't be careful if they need to be careful. Please take care of yourself. But, but you get to choose and make your own decisions, right? Exactly. It shouldn't be dictated to you exactly. what you need to do. If you need to, to protect yourself and isolate yourself or your mother or your father, then do so. Please take yes. care of yourself and don't take anything that either me or Sasha say to mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that it. you yes. shouldn't take care of yourself or that your condition is the same totally some people have pre-existing conditions and need to take care of themselves also for the flu for colds you know people die from colds if they have pre-existing conditions right. and have complications so anything you know if you are compromised definitely take care of yourself um, but i have my doubts that it you know and i have now personal experience and it's not enough it's one person but he was sick. He spent time with some friends who don't have the fear, who are not infected by the fear. And no one got it. Even when he had it, he went hiking with a, with a woman. Nobody got it. She didn't get it either. Yeah. Well, it's if you look at the, and if you listen to Thomas Cowan a lot, he'll, he'll refer to the, the studies around trying to prove contagion. And whenever they've tried to to inject viral contagion, in the, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They couldn't inject it to a healthy animal or yeah. human being. That person doesn't get it. They couldn't get them sick. No garbage, no sickness. In right. fact, he says that when they tried to do it with the plasma in a Petri dish, mm -hmm. it wouldn't catch it. They had to poison it first. Right. They have to add the poisons first, right? And then exactly. And then it would catch exactly exactly proving the same point so anyway again i don't want to get too medical because i'm quoting other people and i'm not them and i'm not a medical professional but we definitely are missing a fantastic way to build immunity for the children or and for people around them actually if we let them like they did when i was a child actually let them have a normal life be emotionally resilient, not scare them to death, and then uh, let them get the virus if they get it. Probably they won't have any symptoms, that, but they'll build immunity. And maybe the, according to science so far, they can't give it to anybody. Right. But if they did, it would be probably small amount and just build immunity. I mean, I wish I could get a small amount of it. 
<laughs> Nobody's sick on my island, probably because it's very clean air and probably and, yes, and good quality Absolutely. living here, right? Um, because it seems like the highest numbers are where there is air pollution, a lot of air pollution. Yeah. Yes. Um, again, that's a quote from uh, Zach, Zach Bush. Bush. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Bush talks about the, the statistics that show that it's directly correlated to lifestyle and bad air and water and stuff like that. So anyway, our kids are healthy. Those who are healthy, if your kid is not healthy, definitely take care, especially for what you need and get your school to cooperate with whatever you need. But when you have healthy kids, they should not be infected with fear, anxiety, separation from nature, and they should feel that their bodies are strong, capable, they're not danger to others, and, and they have immunity and give them the kind of lifestyle that can do that. Absolutely. And, and be open and have these conversations with your children too, right? About the, the yes. wonder of their bodies and yes. how it really works. And yeah, how strong and, they are. Exactly. Because I think what I, it really makes me sad. I was talking to this one boy in the beginning of this and he was clutching his hand sanitizer and he was really worried. I'm like, whoa, no, it's okay. You're, you are strong. Your body is intelligent and it knows what to do. You just need to make sure that you give it the right foods and nutrition so that it's allowed to do what it would naturally do on its own. And I talked to him for five minutes and he completely chilled out. And it was so gratifying to me to see this boy. Oh, okay, mom, can you get that? And because I was talking about some products and he was asking, he's like, I'll take them, I'll take, and he was just so willing. And he just, after that, great. You know what it reminds me? And it's really important, even though it's a different example, but I think as a culture where we really went far on fear-based culture, and, and separation and thinking nature is against us and that we don't know that we're not rooted in ourselves because we tell children like I said in the other interview uh, to not listen to themselves to sleep when we tell them to sleep right. or where we tell them etc there was I used to teach birth classes for home birth oh nice and one of the birthing mothers that was in my class was living on the island in a yurt uh, so I told her she could give birth in my house, just oh, wow. easier and warm. And I had an inflatable tub. She wanted to do water birth. So, so that's the reason we had a midwife on the island, but the midwife was, she was wonderful, wonderful woman, but still a little brainwashed with the old fashion of being the authority of telling the mother what to do. Mm. When I teach birth classes, I teach women to check themselves. I teach them to be ready to give birth on their own without needing anybody. And that right. the midwife is there for security. Right. Uh, she doesn't have to stick fingers in you. You can do it yourself if you're curious or you can just know intuitively where you are and feel and be connected. Love anyway, it. in the middle of the birth, the, mother, the birthing mother was kind of freaking out and the uh, not knowing what's going on with her body and was asking the midwife what to do, saying like, this and this is happening. What should I do? Should I push? Should I not push? And the midwife was ready to answer and give her guidance, which I thought would be very disempowering. So I kind of took over and I said to her, you know what to do. Nice. Listen inside. She told me a couple of years later, she visited him with her daughter. And she said to me, Naomi, I want you to know 
that when you said that to me, my whole birthing experience shifted oh, completely. Love it. I'm going to get tears from that. That's powerful. because that I became, that. I went back into my power and I didn't need anybody anymore. And indeed, within minutes, she was giving birth and there was no problem at all. Amazing. But she Amazing. said at that moment, she felt dependent and victim and that oh, I, I one that. sentence like that. Yeah. Her we take that out. away from women. We medicalize it. We make it an emergency. We make it dangerous. We right. scare them. We There's no power in that. So that's an amazing story. Thank you. And then we do the same thing as parenting. We tell the kids right. to be afraid of this and be afraid of right. that. Be careful here and be careful that. Today, even playgrounds are foolproof. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you can't hurt yourself. You know, everything is rounded and you know, they make them, they keep yes. taking them apart and putting instead something even safer. Nothing can happen to kids, right. you know. When we were kids, we just would take a barrel and put a little stick of uh, a board of some old wood and slide on it. Wow. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> you know? And, and climb trees climb and jump trees. off of them and, and take a branch of a eucalyptus tree and turn it into a swing. When one wow. child sits on a fork in the branch, and everybody pulls it down and then let go. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I know. It was so Sorry. much fun. We did so many fun things that now we'd be considered like, oh, no, it's dangerous. Yes. Uh, but we all survived. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. Children want to be alive and they're pretty smart. They I think they do. And that's what I tell everybody. My son has a very strong sense of self-preservation. He will calculate the risk before he does. So I always let him cross the street. I was the only parent that allowed him to cross the street at a certain time and all the other kids weren't allowed to do it on their own. But he would take a look and he would go, he would know, but he 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 wanted to stay alive. He knew that. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyways, so what I want to do, because time is running out here, I do have to get back to my son. Oh, I know. one more thing. But we need to talk about how to talk to people. Yes. Okay. So that. let's talk about, yes. Yeah, so there's a couple things quickly we can try to talk about. So, okay. So go ahead, go, go say what you wanted to say right there. Well, um, when you talk to other people, I suggest to not be drowning with them in their fears, but also to respect them. Cause a lot of, you know, I know you wanted to ask me that it's like, okay. So other people, well, you have to respect what another people is for thinking and if they believe okay they believe a certain thing that scares them then i have compassion to that they are scared because their mind believes this particular story whether the story is right or not and the future will tell um that's what they're believing so i want to be i i i would teach children to be very respectful i'm respectful myself like i said in a trail I do put the mask on when I cross. I just hold it for a second. And as soon as I cross, I take it off. But, but I do, you know, these people are scared. If I go next to them on the trail without the mask, I freak them out. So, you know, I have compassion. Even if it's just their imagination, they may have a fantasy, but I respect their fantasy, you know, out of compassion. So staying connected within the family, staying where you can be affectionate and physical, um, and also the power of unity. When we respect other people, to be sure that we stay united. Those people who are afraid are still human beings, not still. 
Now, human beings like you and me, they deliver a different story. We could be wrong. They could be right. I'm always open. I don't see it now, but they don't see the other side either. So I want to respect that. And I want to listen to them. And I want to connect with them and, and be together. The more we're together and the more we provide education rather than judgment, uh, then the better we are as a nation and as a people. Fair enough. The judgment piece, that's a big one. Yes. It's, it's, it is, it's a big, it is not always easy. It, it's tough. It's, it's tough not, right now. Especially when, you know, each side is so sure that they're right. Like they would say like, God, you know, like she's denying the danger of the, of the, um, you know, and I can say they're denying the danger of the vaccine and, you know, we can be enemies or we can see that we each have thoughts that we're very sure about. Each human being is a hundred percent sure they're right no matter what side they are right. on, you know, that's been in history, politically, in the playroom, two children fight. I always teach not to take sides and to listen to each person and connect with them because each one is absolutely sure that their reasoning and what happened and what they see is the valid and right thing. Right. That's human. And so that makes me think of a comment that you made on my page just the other day about that you don't believe in believing and that intrigued me so i'd like to i'd like to finish with unpacking that and what that what you mean by that because i found that you know, a very i don't remember point. what it was about that i said it Can i you... think i had a post about the more that we the more as there's a post about the truth and then the more that we do oh, oh that it's hard to hear the truth yes, yes. the yeah. more we yeah, yeah. um well, you know, believing has brought wars and bloodshed all through history. I believe this, you believe this, you're wrong, I'm right. Uh, but when you look at what believing is, by definition, to believe in something means that it's not true. Or else, why do I have to believe? So I'm Say that again, I, say it again. It's in order to believe something, yeah. it proves that there is no evidence that it's true. Wow. Otherwise, I can just say this is the fact. Yeah. Okay, so if something for the existence of certain things, there has to be a belief or it doesn't exist. It exists right. only in the mind and the belief system. Okay. So we just need to realize, to me, it's important for me to see I don't believe in believing because my mind is too scientific for that. It's not that I'm not spiritual, but I'm spiritual in terms of being aware of what I'm sensing and connecting spiritually with consciousness and awareness with other human beings and animals and plants. It's all alive. It's all one spiritual in that way, but believing in some stuff the government tells me, where I am not in the lab seeing the result. I'm not in the hospital. I may be listening to a nurse telling me what's going on in the hospital, but then I may listen to another nurse who says something else. So when you form an opinion based on what you read in the news, that's believing. Right, right, without going and checking. And that's the thing. And I find a lot of people when they, they state some things online and think, oh, I shouldn't get into this, but I'm going to. And so they say something I'm like, well, 
can, where are you hearing that? Like, what don't, do you know this, 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 and this, like, have you actually checked that? Like thousands of people are dying every day. Somebody says like, really, where, where are you getting that in the U S yes. and they're saying this quote, I'm like, well, do you know that the CDC updated their numbers to it's actually 6% and there's in total over this whole time when they up, up to that update, which was now a couple months ago, it was the $200,000 or the 180,000 deaths were actually less than 10,000. So it's not possible that thousands are dying every day from this, but okay, they didn't want to believe but, me. But they would be fair to say, how do you know that you are believing something else you're reading? Of course, it's the CDC, their own website. And it's their own site. And I don't want them to believe me, but I just try and encourage people to go. Cause I don't, same with you. I don't want people to believe me. I always tell people, exactly. you don't listen to what I'm saying. I'm helping shortcut to maybe look at things, but don't take my word for it. Please that, do your own research. That's what I wanted to say. The same apply to you and I and what we're saying here, because I'm quoting other people and I'm saying I'm not believing anything. I can't know. I'm not there. I make judgment based on who I listen to an interview. Right. I read a book. And yes, I make my conclusions, personal experience in the family, in my community. And I make my conclusions with my thinking. Right. But yes, you would write to say, well, you are believing too. You're right. Don't believe me. Don't believe anything. That's yes. the point. Think for yourself, check around for yourself Yes. and take care of your own health in the best way you can. Nice. And, and as far as your children, whatever is right for your children. But if your children are healthy, I recommend you explore the ideas that I brought up in order to preserve the self-esteem, the self-connection, the idea of strength and connection to the whole. Nice. You need a healthy okay. planet with healthy people. So get, okay, so great. So, so last words for parents, just last words. So I guess maybe you just said them unless there's anything else, but I think that's great advice. Well, you know, I, that, that cannot be that short. My general, <laughs> Well, my general, when I have to just kind of plug in what's most important is keep your child feeling that how they feel inside is right. So that they're rooted in themselves. That's why in the beginning of our first interview, I said, if your child wants to sleep with you, then that is the right thing for him and or her. So when you do, they become more independent. They're learning to make independent choices. How I feel inside is right. Your yeah. child doesn't want to eat something or doesn't want to do something. Explore what, you know, maybe that's not the thing for them to do. They don't want cello lessons. Then cello lessons aren't for them. It's not something to force or sports or whatever it is. And there may be some reason. Maybe the teacher isn't nice. So, you know, to go into the child is right. I have a video on YouTube called the child is right. Explain that there's always a valid reason. So if you want to raise powerful human beings, also let them struggle, let them suffer like life would uh, provide, you know, whether it's a fall or a friendship or being rejected from a group of kids. Don't say, oh, let's talk to the kids and make them include you again. They don't want to play with you. What would you like to do instead? That's empowering. That's saying, life is what it is 
And it's what you do with yourself when you respond to it, not going back and trying to change it as if you're so weak, you can't handle that these kids don't wanna play with you today. Oh, okay, I know you can handle it. That part you don't say. But you say, oh, okay, what would you like to do instead? Would you like to sit together with me and read a book? Or would you like to help me in the kitchen? I was making lunch for everybody. Or, or whatever it is, or if it's not your child, somebody visiting, playing with the kids, would you like me to call your mom to pick you up? Did you have enough, you know, since they're not playing with you? But what parents usually want to do would weaken the child. Oh no, poor you, they don't play with you. Here, let me go with you and I'll talk to them and da 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 da, da. Usually the child caused it. They disturbed, <laughs> you know, and they know that. So now you go in, you undermine whatever decisions some kid made in that play group, whatever the few kids that are playing that rejected this child, uh, disempower them and teach this child who came to you to be a victim. Oh, poor you, let's rescue you and, and change reality. Hey. We can't change the rain. We can't change other people. We have to love what is. That's power. We have to accept reality. And, and then like crying, emotional expression is fine. You know, if the child is crying, you be with them when they cry. You tell them, tell me more. What hurts the most? What was, you know, what happened in the room there? What would you like to tell me about it? Oh, I see. So I see that you can you feel it wasn't fair. I hear you. And you just hear them. And by you being benign and loving, they're learning, oh, that's part of life. I can handle it. Right. Nice. Nice. And so people, okay. NaomiAldert.com is your website. Raising our children, raising ourselves. I had it from last time, but I have it again. Excellent book for parents. Love it. And um, also again. in terms of the website, Sasha, if yeah. you don't remember the name, Naomi Aldort or how to spell, it's also authenticchild.com. Right. Authentic parent, not parenting, parent. Authentic parent. Authenticparent.com. Yes. Okay. Um, there's information about how to have private sessions with me. Perfect. How to come to my home for any for a Oh, uh, that sounds like it'd be lovely. Naomi oh, living in an it's island. Indeed. It's beautiful out oh, here. Oh, nice. So private sessions, come to your home, workshops, workshops uh, articles, videos. Uh, there's a lot of resources for free. I really en encourage people to go and listen to what some of what Naomi has to say, because it's, you would think it would, like I said, I think last time in our interview, you'd think it would be a bit more intuitive, but it's not. But when you listen to it for the first time, you realize, oh, yeah, this makes sense. I take, I think we inadvertently take so much from our children, even though we're well-meaning. We take away so much from them because we think we know best and we want them to be a certain way. And, and, and we forget, that's one more thing to say, the best gift you can give your child is work on yourself. Because yes. it's your triggers, your emotional triggers from your own childhood that get in the way of really seeing your child and seeing their valid reasons. Because a lot of parents ask me, well, how do I see it? How come when we come over to you, immediately you see what my son is needing and I didn't see it for five years? And I say, that's because I'm not busy with my own reaction. So every time we go against the child, I teach parents how to then get in touch with themselves. I have a solve formula in chapter one of the book 
but also when I work in private sessions, I teach parents to see what's going on for them and a technique to actually remove that, be at peace. And then all of a sudden, oh, now I understand my child. Yes. Now I understand yes. why they're- And it's your it. own personal growth and you benefit from it just as much as the child. And then the child is gonna benefit from your own personal growth and everything just gets better. <laughs> yes. There's no better gift to give your child than learning, right. than growing yourself. Right. Oh, I love that. Let's finish there. Okay, Naomi, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time in this second interview. You have so much wisdom to share. So everybody, again, please look into Naomi's work online, contact her, read her book. So much good information there. So thank you. And I'm sure we'll connect again so in the future. Yeah.